You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. Hey, just a heads up that the following piece discusses sexual harm in the arts. On Wednesday, five years after first being charged, Sir James Hay Wallace, a well-known arts philanthropist and rich lister, was named as the prominent businessman who sexually assaulted three young men. The government has begun the process of stripping Wallace's knighthood. The news is hard to hear, but perhaps not surprising for many in the arts community. To talk about sexual harm in the arts and what Wallace losing his name suppression may mean for survivors, I talked this morning with Mal Carlsbert, Soundcheck Aotearoa's sexual harm prevention and response advisor. Here we are now. So we are talking this morning off the back of Wallace losing his name suppression. Wallace losing his name suppression um, and the arts in the media again for sexual harm is indeed frustrating, but perhaps it doesn't come as a shock to many of us in the arts community. Um, You have worked across many sectors in sexual harm advisory and response. Why do you think there is such a prevalence of sexual harm in the arts? Sure, thank you. And of course, there are a number of different reasons or answers that I could give. I guess if I speak to a couple that that stand out, one is I think that is, is the issue for a lot of people in the arts is the insecurity of income, you know, a lot of freelancers, contractors. And when you combine that with, for so many creatives in particular, where their their music, their dance, their art is is everything to them. It matters so much, and so there's so much to lose. For example, if they were to speak out, and so I think though that makes it easier for for power to be abused. Um, I I also think the another part that can intersect with that, but uh, in a number of ways is the types of workplaces and spaces they like for example bars studios sometimes people's homes have have little or sometimes no protection for for people and so again that can be ex- exploited and and i guess the third point that just because we we hear it and see it talked about a lot is the way that the alcohol or when alcohol has been consumed and then the person has behaved badly. I'm not just thinking sexual harm here, but the way that sometimes the behaviour is excused as, as if then the person who was drunk isn't then accountable for their behaviour because of the alcohol. And I think that can really um, lead to, um, of course, more harm and less safety. And I know you can't speak to the Wallace cases perhaps specifically, but in your experience, what does an abuser losing name suppression like um, James Wallace has, what does that mean to survivors? Yeah, I think that while, of course, there's going to be all kinds of different reactions from, from, from survivors, that I think one of the ones that I hear, one of the reactions I hear is that at last the shame is squarely where it belongs. I think often when someone has been harmed or abused and then uh, then perhaps there's a, a process of telling people, dealing with reactions, uh, for some people then reporting it, um, having an investigation, a trial, and all through all of that, 
when there's name suppression, uh, the shame for some survivors can still feel like it's sitting all with them. And so I think that's one of the biggest um, things that can happen with um, name suppression lifted. There are other implications uh, because of the lifting of Wallace's name suppression, uh, like him being stripped of his knighthood, and I'm sure things will happen with perhaps his art collections uh, and the places that he's put funding into the arts. What do those kind of changes signal to the wider community about sexual harm in the industry? Mm. I I mean, I, I hope that people see responses like that, for example, removing a, a title or an honour or uh, those those kinds of things. I, I, I hope that people, or I'm also, maybe it's less about what I hope and I imagine that some people do think that's very appropriate, uh, that someone who's been found guilty of these offences doesn't um, deserve, shouldn't be holding such a title or honour. And I guess I also wonder about it more broadly, though, uh, as, as if it is a reaction and then it's, and then nothing else happens. For example, uh, there's the, you know, some media stories, there's a reaction, for example, the removal of the knighthood or some consideration about, you know, for example, a name on a building, etc. Et, et uh, then that's not enough. And I would, and I can imagine a lot of people out there in all kinds of arts communities who are thinking, because that's one person or one individual where there's this response, but what about all the environments that the arts is, is happening in and what about what are all the actions that can be done to make those environments safer and, and less likely for harm to happen to anyone? And that was what I wanted to touch on next, obviously. Even us speaking on the phone right now is reactive to this news and it's got its it's got it's having, you know, its time in the media, but that media attention will die down. We know that of media cycles. So what is the best thing or best things we can do to continue to stay aware and keep this conversation open after media attention dies down? Sure, and, and such an important question. So just just to acknowledge it, I think for some people why they say the removing of an honour or a title makes a difference is because it's so tangible. Eh? And I think sometimes in terms of if we talk about creating safer spaces or having a conversation or preventing sexual harm or um, creating environments which are more inclusive, that all of that can seem less concrete to people. However, I guess what I, what I would... Um, offer or um, put out there to people is that there is so much that we can do and so say for example uh, screen safe so for those within the screen sector and it's screensafe.co.nz they have a whole lot of resources in, in regards to some of the things we're talking about here soundcheck aotearoa also have a lot of resources and I know resources on their own aren't going to end a problem but it's the use of those resources and the discussion around those resources and whether it's codes of conduct and those being adapted for the festival, for the gigs, for the studio, um, by the mentor, whether it's the health rules, whether it's the health and safety not only from the you know trips, falls and cords kind of perspective but also about uh, making sure that um, there is uh, 
that the space is safe for all, not just in relation to sexual harm, of course, but um, racial harm and homophobia and, and other and other ways that people can get excluded and isolated. There's workshops, for example, the Professional Respect Workshop, which is such a great place for people both within this, um, so the screen uh, industry run them, uh, soundcheck run them. And so there's great places for people to come, meet others in their respective communities and have discussions and exchange ideas, ex exchange, uh, uh, kind of sometimes collaborate going forward on ways of increasing safety. Uh, having chats about what's above the line, below the line, uh, and, and, and any kind of group or team or place of people. Those are a few of my thoughts. And I'm sure there's many more, but I'm some, yeah, very good and practical ones there. If if the news stories arising out of Wallace's name release are bringing up past traumas uh, or instances of sexual harm experienced in the arts, where can people go to talk about and address those? Thank, thank you for asking that question. It's, so there's a, a number of options for people. The, the first one I'll say is a place called Safe to Talk, which is an independent 24-7 helpline uh, specialist. It's got a, a particular focus on sexual harm, and it's 0800-044-334 or text 4334. And essentially anyone can contact Safe to Talk for information, uh, um, advice, guidance, uh, good listening, but it can be with any kind of question about any aspect of, of sexual harm. It could be the person accused of sexual harm, for example, could call them. It could be the friend or family member of them, or it could be a, um, a survivor or friend or family of them. So that's for, for anyone throughout the whole of Aotearoa. And then in terms of music communities in particular, uh, the, the, my role as the Sexual Harm Prevention and Response Advisor, so the um, CHAPRA was in the in music communities, anyone can reach out to me regardless of role, regardless of question, and either I can link them into a pre the prevention specialist through Soundcheck or I can... Um, in some instances, refer them on to um, uh, the appropriate place for them, or I can do some problem-solving, figuring out, listening, uh, making a plan uh, with, with that person. And so that's shapra at soundcheckaotearoa.co.nz. Great. Thank you, Mel. And we'll put that link to the website up on our um, Bcast after the show. That was Soundcheck Aotearoa's sexual harm prevention and response advisor Mel Carlsbert talking with me about sexual harm in the arts in the wake of James Wallace losing his name suppression. That was a 95BFM podcast. To hear more, head to 95BFM.com slash bcasts.